Hello and welcome back to what I think is officially season two, episode one of the Jude Forum. We've got a recurring guest. We've got some topics to cover. It has been too long, fellas. I had to blow the dust off the laptop and the mic. That's quite a visual. To uh, to get this thing going, we're just going to keep it moving. Pretend like I didn't even say it. Glad to be back. And without further ado, I'll introduce our guest for the evening. It's Jenkins Mock. Jenkins, how we doing? Ooh, I'm so pumped to be back, man. I was listening to an old episode before this. It just got me fired up for the season. And like you said, um, season deuces of the podcast. So fired up to be back. That's what we love to hear. Uh, Jenkins just put that bug in my ear. He said, hey, time's ticking. Let's talk rookies. So you already know there's going to be a little bit of rook talk going on. Uh, I got some of my own agenda, some of my own, uh, you know, ideas I'm going to push on everybody because that's just the way I roll as your iron-fisted commissioner. Um, Yeah, glad to be back. Let's just jump right into it. First thing I got circled here, uh, I want to talk about Jekyll Island and why it's the right choice. Man, am I excited. We're going to be... That house is awesome, man. Perfect for us. Yeah, any of you boys that hadn't been, you are in for a treat. It is quite the spot. Uh, Hayward's grandpa or great grandpa, Mister Musgrove, had the connects. Honestly, I think I think I'll be giving a. Uh, I think probably Saturday at seven a.m. I'm going to wake up every guy in the house and give a guided walking tour on the history of Jekyll Island. A little fun fact for you: it's where the Federal Reserve was founded. What you got, Pigeon Forge? Sorry, sorry. Uh, and uh, honestly, I'm just excited to party on the beach. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even think like, are we going to draft in the yard? It's shady. This could, we we have potential if the weather cooperates for this to be our first outdoor draft. All you poo pooers out there, all you haters and naysayers, are going to say it's going to be too hot, Charlie. Well, guess what? You grew up in Florida. You got to learn how to deal with it. You got to hang out with Ray Baker. Ray Baker's our friend. And, dude, there are options at this house. So I was there uh, a couple weeks ago for a wedding. They just finished redoing the whole back porch patio. Oh, And boy. it is absolutely big enough for us to do the draft up there. If the weather doesn't permit, there's plenty of places inside we could do it. If we're, I mean, the goal of this trip, Charlie, right, was to save money before we blow it out of the water in 2024 at Vegas. And we aren't going to be paying for rent, just a cleaning fee. And this is the true definition of, like, showing up and staying all weekend. So, like, maybe we could go to dinner one night, but there's not shit to do in Jekyll other than go to the beach, drink beer, play cards, (laughs) cornhole, spike ball, football, you name it. It's going to be a bad weekend if you're a propane tank under a grill because you're going to get wiped out, son. Dude, we're bringing the smoker. I say we smoke some meats all day. I'm all about smoking meats and a little bit of Sweet Baby Ray's. (laughs) <laughs> we're going to make it happen but yeah you can't even start dropping the las vegas word on me yet i'm too excited i i my body i'll physically explode if i start thinking about it too much with this much time in advance it's just it can't it can't happen um my wallet's running away right now <laughs> yeah, right, that's what i'm saying i'm gonna go the weekend in advance just to get all the all, just to shake out all the energy i'm gonna have 
I don't want to overcook it. Uh, have a hangover situation on our hands, but it's going to be a good time. Um, check that off. Another thing I saw that we did recently: draft order selection. What do we think, Jenkins? You think it was uh, it went well? I mean, I and- think it went well. I think it went well, Charlie. I did have, I did find an outlier in a bit of research, and I thought you'd find this interesting. Um, Palmer, league champion, only three-time winner. Got to give it to him. Got to hate it. But the guy just pulled an absolute boneheaded move. Sit there, look at the numbers. So he had what the selection to pick fourth. Pick what pick he had, or maybe fifth. Anyways, Palmer ended up with the fifth round, fifth overall pick. Um, he picked early what pick he had, went with number five. He won it last year with pick 14. Year before was 2019 when Palmer uh, when Palmer won it all. And guess what pick he had, Charlie? Pick 14. <laughs> he passed it up, and he went with pick five. I don't get it, Palmer. I don't. <laughs> Thought you had the winning recipe. Yeah, well, I'll give Palmer credit where it's due. I uh, he wanted to take the initiative on on pushing that draft order selection. I quite frankly didn't care. I was kind of hoping we would just do it like five minutes before the draft, and somebody would panic and not realize that like seven was available, and Charlie would would fall on down. Also, I'm a little terrified by Hayward opting into fourteen yeah. and giving me thirteen. Hayward and I, we we just. No matter what, we tend to gravitate towards each other when it comes to the draft. And he he thinks I think the most like me. So we just snipe each other left and right. He's asking for pain. I'm asking for pain. Uh, it, it's going to be tough. Maybe that's the way fate's destined to have it. But I can already I, – I had a first-round pick pop into my head the other day, and I was like, oh, I'll probably just get him on the number two turn. And I was like, Hayward's going to pick twice before then. <laughs> I, was, I almost called him on the spot. I said, I know who your first-round pick is, you bastard. <laughs> Have fun dealing with that. But there's some, some leverage pinching somebody at the corner, Charlie. If, like, you know Hayward needs a wide receiver, you could be like, all right, I'm going to take a wide receiver here, and I'll be able to get that running back. That's right. One too. I think wide receiver is going to be hot. I think everybody, you know, last year we had a very typical – uh, Jude draft board. It was just running back city for the first 24 picks, 28 picks. Uh, I think this year everybody kind of learned their lesson where everybody got their, their feet wet in PPR, and I think it might flip the other way. I think there it's just going to be tight ends and wide receivers galore at first, and, and there'll probably be some decent value on running backs late. You know, I, I've been – I ran some mocks. You know, I'm, I'm getting Nick Chubb, maybe uh, maybe Derrick Henry in the eighth, ninth round. So, um Probably not even worth picking if you're if you're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, dude, running backs. I mean, there's very few teams that just have like a one fan, one running back who's fantasy relevant now. Like, I feel like there's a lot of committees, so therefore there's more running backs, which kind of leads to wide receivers to climb up the rankings. Fun stat. I'm just filled with them today. I'm looking at the data after this year with Palmer winning. He took a wide receiver last year. Over the last eight years, it has been split who people took in the first round. We've had four winners with wide receivers in the first round and four winners with running backs in the first round. And the average pick position for the champion is now at 7.875. Yeah. I mean, I I guess Palmer winning from DFL probably dragged that down a a pretty hearty (laughs) amount. How many years of data are we working with now, Jinx? 
that this was the eighth year. I have not installed the ninth or the upcoming pick numbers, but you were just talking about how you and Hayward are always in pairs. Yeah, Hayward has the lowest average pick position at 4.3, and you're second at 4.9. You guys are always – it's probably the tightest grouping we got. <laughs> uh. I don't, that's what I'm saying, and that's and that's the like if Hayward drafted far away from me, at least he and I could enjoy chatting with each other about different possible draft picks. But because he's always so close, I always want to run stuff by Hayward, and I'm like, damn it, I can't. He's got no, I'm on to him. Yeah, you can't talk strat with the guys next to you. I forgot about that. So, who uh, who's picking first overall? I'm, I'm blanking right now. Oh, I'll run through the order. Let, let me know if any of these names scare you in the position there. Well, run through the order, here. and if you think someone's got a surefire pick, like you know Gray's taking Travis Kelsey if he can, you just drop that on me. Cause that, that was what I, I was thinking. Who's picking who where? Who's Ooh. What are just some locked and loaded? Who's taking Calvin oh. Ridley in the first round? I got it. I got it. No doubt. Lock it up here. Who, who's, who's going one overall again? Because that's Bass. Number two is Blake. I can tell you who that's going to be. I'm I'm thinking Bass is going McCaffrey. <laughs> well, Blake's going B. John Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Honestly, that's a Blake pick, but I don't – I mean, who who else would you take there? I mean, he was like a top five guy, but that is so Blake. Blake says, Le'Veon Bell available. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. All Tiki right, so Barber's not on my draft one. board. <laughs> Bass at one, Blake at two, Eric at three, Beal at four, Palmer at five, Jenks at six, Chase at seven, Henry Top, Ben Bonham at eight, nine, Wynn, ten, Phil, eleven, Donnie, twelve, Gray, thirteen, Chuck, fourteen, Hayward. And actually, I think it's Ben Top, Henry Bottom. Uh, yeah, Ben Top, Henry Bottom. I think Hayward at fourteen is a little sneaky. Like you said, guy who's used to draft at the top of the list. Gonna to get to to fire double He's, tap on some picks, so we'll see. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of people try to avoid that corner. Obviously, he picked it. I mean, between thirteen and fourteen, now I get much of a choice. But he, I think, he relishes in that. He likes having that leverage of having back to back picks that he can just hold. He can he can sit on the computer for six minutes and walk up and slap two stickers up there. Charlie, before this pot even drops, Hayward might already have the first round pick or number one overall pick. So who knows? <laughs> that's true. Well, I was gonna say, uh, Eric picking three—that's you bet the mortgage on him taking Justin Jefferson. That is a <laughs> yeah. locked and loaded Eric pick. Yeah. Beyond that, you're right. If Jonathan Taylor gets to chase, that seems like a pretty straightforward, uh, easy one for him. But. Let's, uh, yeah, nine, nine wins, probably hoping Nick Chubb falls. No, Nick Chubb's not going that early. <laughs> I'm joking. Wynn's taking, uh, taking Brees Hall there. He's buying the injury dip. Wynn is also looking at the numbers here again. Wynn's the biggest running back slot in our league in the first round. You could pretty much tee that up if you're next to Wynn. You know that that elite wide receiver is going to pass him. That's that usually, guy. Yeah, and I think... You too, Charlie. Actually, you've never taken a wide receiver in the first round. I was about to so say this might. Yeah, I don't. It depends on who falls to me. I'm more open-minded than ever <laughs> to not taking a running back this year. But at the same time, you know, I love my, I love a, a good hero running back. I mean, Christian McCaffrey last season. I don't even think I think I traded for him, but 
or <clears throat> I think Donnie and I traded for him because we were teammates, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But um, you, you brought up Bijan. You wanted to. You, you came up to me. You said I want to talk a little bit about Rooks. So let me give you the floor. Uh, talk to Rooks. Talk about Rooks. And let me just. Oh yeah. Get a cold. Um, one I'm working with bottles here, so I'll try and get this up to the mic. Um. All right. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty exciting rookie class for fantasy. There's some running backs going to come in. Probably be players that one quarterbacks, wide receivers. Thing that stood out to me most about this class for fantasy value um, is tight ends, man. There are going to be some tight ends coming in, I think, and immediately adding some value. Looking at Dalton, Dalton KK to the Bills, Michael Mayer to the Raiders, and Sam LaPorte to the Lions. Those are all teams who kind of like to use tight ends, and I think they were all first-round picks, had great combines, all the tangibles. The right in, in the right system, who knows? I mean, maybe you get a TJ Hawkinson rookie year or a Kyle Pitts rookie year so he can fall for his sophomore season. But uh, also wanted to hear, I mean, Chuck, there's two monsters. There's two horses in this, and it's obviously Bijan Robinson. I mean, people are already saying he's in the lead. I believe he can carry his next year. The Falcons are just going to run the shit out of him. Kind of sold out on everything else. And then Jameer Gibbs going to the Lions, who they like so much, they just ditched, what, two, three seasons in, DeAndre Swift. So, I mean... There, there's a lot of give and take there. Those are the two big names to watch. Either of the, are you interested in any of those guys? Any of them? Um. Well, I'll start Could with Bijan. Here's my thing with with Bijan Robinson because I think he is pretty sick. Even though he went to Texas and running in the Pac-12 was like running through wet tissue paper on a hot summer day. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> in my limited experience with uh, dealing with Arthur Smith coached talent. Visa uh, via via Kyle Pitts, it's infuriating. Knowing the Falcons, <laughs> they will have spent this sort of capital on Bijan Robinson, and they will just refuse to use him in any logical way that makes sense. They'll they'll run him eight times a game. They'll throw it to him twice, and he will never have a one yard touchdown, not one. It, it's just, and it'll it'll defy all logic. I don't know. I don't know. I, clearly, I've had it up to here with uh, with Arthur Smith's shenanigans, and he's not. A, I don't think he's a terrible coach, but I do not understand why the Falcons do the things that they do. Michael Scott meme. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> Arthur Smith kind of looks like Toby now that I think about it. He's got a Toby face. Um, uh, and you then think for, the Falcons would learn how to better invest their capital? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, don't, I, I mean, they're doing the same thing the Giants did when they took Saquon, which is like you're sort of in the middle of a rebuild. I don't know why you're taking a running back like that, anyways. But I don't know. They, somehow they made it to a Super Bowl, but that team's long gone. Yeah, that's a good point. R.I.P. Devontae Freeman, my guy. Uh, but yeah. on the, the flip side of that, Jameer Calvary. Gibbs... I don't know if Calvin Ridley was on that team. But. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, it's like the Detroit Lions running back thing. You know, like, are, are they willing to go all in? He's still going to have to share with... Uh, oh, who's, oh, David Montgomery. My opportunity. So, 
I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think he is talented. He is sick. But also, there's a lot of hype on the Lions. I mean, they, they're the first game of the year against the Chiefs. So they, they're very public. They're very publicly liked. So maybe I... Hard dogs hyped them up. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to be like... I'm not a sharp, but fading the Lions might not be the worst thing because it seems like a pretty square move right now to be, be all in on the Lions offense being like sick. And I think they, they were really, really good for the end of the year last year, but I also think there's just as good of a chance they kind of return to like somewhat average. They could be above average, but people are talking and in, in drafting like this team's going to be a top 10 offense in the league. I think they'll be top 15, but I don't think they're going to be top five, you know. Not not to get all not yeah. not to actually spit facts on everybody here. I know I got a got a little boring there for a second, but um, I don't know. I mean, like I, said, I think Jameer, weak Jameer Gibbs's player comp ceiling is like Alvin Kamara, but he's gonna have to get used like Alvin Kamara to actually hit that. Yeah, and that brings us into another guy, um, Kendra Miller. Saints suck that TCU running back. Alvin Kamara might be suspended six games. I mean, is this kind of the passing of the torch, or is Alvin Kamara going to part ways with the Saints? I don't know his contract looking like. Um, probably not this year, but I'm saying pretty soon um, for them to take a running back with the first round like that. And where did that kid go to college? Do you know? TCU. TCU. Okay, you said that. You said TCU. Horned Frogs. Um. Another Big Twelve running back, man. It's it's wild. It's almost like the whole conference is <laughs> set up for just absurd offensive statistics. But yeah, with Alvin Kamara, wait till, I mean, you, wait till you get the Pac twelve guys, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, even the NFL's caught on to that BS. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, the Saints. Doesn't it just feel kind of yucky? Like, especially after last year. That's another one. You know, Dennis Allen at the helm. The coaching just doesn't make much sense to me. It's like they they were holding out on Jameis all year. Was he hurt? Was he not hurt? We got no clarity there. Is he going to be back? No, because they signed uh, Derek Carr. That's, oh, gross. That's what I'm saying. Although, to be fair. uh, Hey, but they got rid of Andy Dalton. Undercover Saints fan Blake probably loved the Derek Carr signing. <laughs> right? That that's... I live with three Saints fans, and they are disgusted. By, <laughs> I mean, just Derek Carr, what's going on? Did not playing Jameis last season, even though they knew they sucked and weren't going to make the playoffs. They're like, who gives us the higher ceiling? I mean, why are we seriously rolling out Andy Dalton every Sunday to – Oh. Lose seventeen to nine. But that's another, like you said about the Falcons. That's another franchise that's like so far gone from what we thought they were when we were kids. You know, like in my mind, the Saints are always going to be fifty-one to forty-nine. Drew Brees, just it basically yeah. a Pac-12 game, and like now they're just this like gross, like sponge cake with no flavor, just mediocre <laughs> team. I mean, it's in it weird. Like I don't know, and the defense is Dude, okay. That whole division's like that. It's true. I mean, the NFC South, South is just gross. Ago, but a couple of years ago, they were good, and thank God they're on the Jag schedule. Yeah, I saw. I was the following NFC South. 
one of the sharper guys I follow was all over Falcons prop bets to like win the division, go over their win total just because he's like, this division's awful. I think if the Falcons are, he's like, Marcus Mariota was terrible last year. So if Desmond Ritter's half decent, this team's going to crack off wins. But I don't know. Dude, Des- didn't the Falcons sign somebody else too? They got Taylor Heineke. <laughs> that guy's got winning in his blood. Okay, he's he's a he, Taylor Heineke is a lunch pail guy. He'll get a beer with you, but he's a he's a grinder. Speaking of speaking of lunch pail guys, gonna go into Geno Smith and another offense that uh, definitely invested in some heavy fantasy football rookie draft talent coming in. Uh, but they're surrounded Geno Smith. I mean, is that the guy? Is he going to progress on the same level as last year? But they took uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, who's obviously best wide receiver prospect out of this draft class. Yeah, he's knows legit. how he'll look in that Seahawks offense. Maybe replacing Tyler Lockett as he's getting a little older. DK Metcalf still young, prime ahead of him. And then they also took uh, a running back out of UCLA, Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Um, I don't know what he looks like. Charbonnet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even know who that – Charbonnet. I don't even know who that guy is. Um, but Kenneth Gainwell looked so good last year. Yeah, he was not legit. Kenneth Gainwell, Kenneth Walker. Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kenneth Walker, he, he was a beast last year. I think he continues to be the guy. I think Charbonnet is your, like, lotto ticket because the Seahawks do like to just roll with a dude. So uh, – I would pick Charbonnet and just sort of stash him and, and hope that Kenneth Walker hits the lottery and retires, you know, to put it nicely. But – and if that happens, then you got a sick dude because any rookie running back, I think, in that offense is probably going to be Mad Deese. But um, he's got a great name, Charbonnet. Who's that in the uh, – did the Dolphins who's, – who's got A-chain? Oh, man. Yeah, the Dolphins took him out of A&M. Oh, dude, what a name. Mm-hmm. Like He's Devon, Devon A-Chain, or Duran. A-Train. Yeah, that's sick. That's a, it's almost as good as Tank Bigsby. Oh, gosh, I'm excited about him. Yeah, I love to talk old Jags, too. Oh, we will. Last thing to that's on up, the list. Wrap up, I guess, rookies, because I didn't do a, didn't, don't have a lot to bring to the table. It's the QB room, and obviously also, good segue to the Jags, how much that's going to affect the AFC South. Got uh, Bryce Young. No, Bryce Young going to the Panthers, number one overall pick. But a lot of rankings, you'll see Anthony Richardson to the Colts higher in fantasy value. And I guess that's just because the upside is a dual threat more than Bryce Young. Uh, but I still, I just don't see it happening for the Colts. I mean, we've seen no. five shitty quarterbacks roll in and out of there over the last five years. And Anthony Richardson, yeah, he's a freak athlete, but nothing at Florida points to him being. Successful or a threat to the Jags. Yeah. I was I had this thought about Anthony Richardson the other day. I've never in my life seen a prospect that national pundits and like the general public is so excited about that people from his own college hate so much. 
like anyone in the national media is like, he's got talent, he's got an arm. This kid's actually sick, and every single person who went to UF is like, good riddance, get him out of here. That guy is a certified bum, and I'm like, okay, like, do you, how like y'all hate him? Is he you know? But I I agree with the UF people. Uh, hot take by Charlie. He thinks a UF quarterback's a bum. I'm not breaking any ground here, but. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really get it with him either. I mean, people, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's fun to, to look at the deep throws. I'm sure he's going to be a fun guy in like Madden. You know, you can use him to irritate your friends by just scrambling for first downs. But, uh, in, in this national football league in this fantasy league as well, I just don't, I, I don't know. Like I said, I could be wrong and he could come out week one and stunt on us. I don't think he will, but He's that's his yeah. and kind of his mo is he has one game. He's got like the Bo Nix thing. Where he's got one game where he just looks like a Heisman winner, and then he's got three games in a row where certified bum status. You know. Yeah, if you threw out five plays of Bo Nix's career, he'd be in. Uh, he'd be playing at fucking D three football. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Literally, he uh, just hangs his hat on like five plays where he just <laughs> pulled off some luck. That's it. They were gonna say throw away five bad plays. I was like, is four of them pick sixes against Georgia? <laughs> Georgia defense oh, loved that, that guy. Scrub. Um. Yeah, but fucking Auburn's best player, best draft prospect went to the Jags. Tank Bigsby. Tank. I know I'm obviously old bias. But I'm telling you, the Jags got a good one. I mean, this guy breaks tackles left and right. He played behind a shitty other line all three years at Auburn. Extended plays. He's good in short distance. He's got the explosive capability. The top speed's not quite there. But, I mean, the guy keeps his leg moving. I'm, I mean, he breaks tackles. I cannot yeah. emphasize that enough. Upright. He runs downhill. North, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. North-south, I was about to say. Like he's not super shifty, but he's a good one cut back with with some power to him. And I think him and Etn is a one two punch. It's going to keep them both fresh. He's going to be a good guy to come in late games. Hopefully, we're good this year and we're up two touchdowns, trying to burn seven minutes so we could feed it to Tank and turn over three first downs and kill four or five minutes. And I'll tell you what, so I'd like to see if I can find a preseason number on him to lead the team in rushing touchdowns i think there's like a there's a there's a decent chance he's gonna be our like inside the five just crush it guy and i think he's is gonna be well suited for that i mean with a name like tank bigsby i mean come on now you know we're we had two yard toby now we're gonna have 10 yard tank because that's the only time he comes out is when we're inside the 10 yard line that jersey already hit me. Came in, I think, uh, this past Friday. So, I need an excuse to rock that. All right, Charlie, let's talk these other QBs in the FC South. I mean, they don't even make me flinch. We're talking CJ Shroud of the Texans. You know, Will Levis to the Titans. Will Levis, we'd skip right over that. Fucking bum. If he didn't put mayonnaise in his coffee, also probably playing T3 football. <laughs> or eat banana peels with the – or bananas with the peel on. <laughs> Exactly. I'm looking up real quick. Uh, but see, who do you you remember who the touchdown vulture for Alfred Morris was? Oh gosh, Mike Tolbert. Oh yeah, it was Mike Tolbert. I, I was looking up Roy Hallou 
Mike Tolbert, dude. That's that's gonna be Tank Bigsby. Every Travis Etienne owner is gonna see Etienne get tripped up at the three, and they're just gonna see Tank's ass running from the sideline, going no. And he's gonna punch it in every time. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when I started talking about Tank punching in, I was like, he's gonna be the the spoiler for the Alfred Morris guy. I mean, I hope as long as we're scoring tutties, I kind of that's right. Another thing to talk about. Segway to the Jags, we can wrap that up. Um, on the fantasy rookies, I think that's about it. I got but Jags cutting Riley Patterson going with Brandon McManus. I love it. I mean, that was Riley's one downfall last year. The guy outside of like 50 yards, 50 yards and longer had just no faith. Brandon McManus, guys kicking 60 yarders. I have no problem with it. Uh, granted, I'm a little bit extreme. I'd be okay with being a just go for it every single time team, but we'll see how McManus pans out. I mean, he's got a long career in the NFL. Clearly, he's capable, and um, yeah, kid's legit, you know. So, uh, like I said, that for me, that wasn't like a huge needle mover. Some people in the office were freaking out, like, "Oh, right, Patterson, you know, took us so far," and I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's just." At this point, year over year, you just kind of look at the replacement value. Like, you're not going to get Justin Tucker. And you, as long as your guy's not a certified bum off the street, then you're probably fine. Like, you know, it, it just is what it is at that point. Yeah, I mean, McManus won a Super Bowl. Like, the guy's kicking club, <laughs> and apparently multiple teams approached him, and he wanted to play for the Jags. He wanted to play for a young yeah. team with promise yeah. and hope. I'm sure he like reached out. I don't know if he had a relationship with the kicking coach or something. Uh, I'm sure uh, for Jacksonville golf right courses per capita definitely did not play a factor in that decision. <laughs> He's like, well, I mean, I guess I'll just like live in sawgrass or something and kick for the Jags. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I, just general Jags talk. I'm excited for this team. Oh, actually, uh, I did have this note here. My one concern, and it really is my one true concern, everybody and their mom is on the Jags. And I'm not talking in Jacksonville. I'm talking national media, podcasts, radio, ESPN, NFL Network, Kay Adams, that's for you, Jinx. Everyone is like, Jag season total over, Jags to run, make a deep run in the playoffs. I'm not in love with it. I gotta say, I kind I I'm a big underdog chip on our shoulder guy, and uh, I don't know, man. I just it's uh, certainly we will overcome it. Trevor Lawrence is a true pros pro, even this early in his career. Also, um, Rose pro elite. Yeah, I don't know why we haven't. I mean, let's offer him the 450 mil over 10 years, fully guaranteed right now. Billy. He's getting a billy. <laughs> yeah, right. He's getting he's an equity years, stake. He's getting a billy. He's getting <laughs> a billy 12 years. <laughs> equity stake and unsupervised yacht time, much as you want, on the Kismet. Um, no, but I mean, this team's going to be sick. And the other thing is, Calvin Ridley has not played football for quite a while. I'm excited to see him play, but I don't want us to get over our skis. He, you know, it might take two or three games of, for, of Calvin Ridley kind of break off the cobwebs. And, of course, everybody 
half the people in our friend group even are going to be going, he's a bum, I knew it the whole time, he stinks. And it's like, it's a long season. You know, some some people some people yeah. here were out on Trevor Lawrence. I'm not going to name names, but let's just say they're on the top half of a team, you know. <laughs> some some people, and it's on recording. Win, Fuck I, you, Ben and Win. Yeah, I, I don't want to call out Win, but Win was out too. The stallion we have in our backfield is going to lead us to a Super Bowl the base of Jacksonville. Wynn's just upset we couldn't get Anthony Richardson. <laughs> it was all a long play for him. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what do you, what you, what are you mean, thinking? We retained everybody, Charlie. This team, I felt like, I mean, there were very few Argentine losses we had. I mean, we re-signed Ingram. We re-signed Roy Robinson-Harris, Andrew Wingard, um, Trey Hernan. Not too excited about that, but we didn't really add anybody. And we cut the quarterback Shaq Griffin, addition by subtraction. Yes. <laughs> addition by subtraction, freed up a lot of cap room. Apparently, yeah. Trevor Lawrence was talking with some guys already this offseason about, re- like Christian Kirk, about reworking his contract to free up some space. So who knows? I mean, there's still some time out there. Maybe some late free agency move comes in. But, I mean, I think this team just added depth in the draft. Um, I agree. Did lose Juan Taylor, but Anton Harrison should should plug in nicely. Evan Ingram is back. Let the record show I believed in him before it was cool. What are your thoughts on Brenton Strange? I mean, we're talking about a guy with less than 100 catches in three or four years of college, like less than a thousand yards. Sample size wasn't huge, but which name did you say? Brenton Strange. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> is that who the Jags took? I don't know. Look, I show up on Sunday in my teal. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, the Jags took Britton Strange at tight end out of Penn State in the second round. Okay. And, yeah, there's some question marks, Charlie. So, uh, in 2020, he went... 17 catches, 164 yards, only two touchdowns. And 2021, 20 catches, 225 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and then 2022, 362 yards and five touchdowns. 32 respects. Sounds like a hell of a blocker. But you never know. I heard I, a. I mean, people are. Ex- I think we passed on a pretty good tight end to take him, so. Yeah, yeah. I uh, And I'll tell you what, uh, Trevor Lawrence, word on the street is he's been known to tame a little bit of strange in his day. <laughs> Loves the strange. Uh, hey, Marissa's looking good these days, dude. You're going to see Marissa? I didn't know she was big like that. What do you think about the new stadium? Oh, excited. I mean, it's got to come to fruition. Like we've, I'm not sick of hearing it. Like I, it pisses me off that people in downtown Jacks are fighting against this and saying it's going to raise their taxes and whatnot. Which I get it, but God, like we need to put some money into downtown Jacksonville and around the stadium. Yeah. We really want to be a destination NFL team. I mean, don't you want to go to a Super Bowl in Jacksonville? Don't you want to go to a college football playoff in Jacksonville or a New Year's Six Bowl or other badass shit like? We gotta, we gotta do some stuff around the stadium. There gotta be an attraction. It's gotta be more to do than just a football game. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, 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 I totally agree. And I think uh, there's been Unless numbers the flying around. Unless the Jumbo playing that night, or there's a concert, Veterans Memorial Arena, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. If there's a... Yeah, if they punt out the payments over like a 15-year period, I think it's like $8 per person per month. Uh, I don't know. It, it seems like a good deal to me, but I'm, I guess I'm biased. Uh, more interestingly... And I think uh, is the the conversation about where they're going to play while the stadium's being renovated. Have you seen any of that? Yeah, so it's looking like Daytona or Gainesville, right? Yeah, there's also been some discussion about modifying the Shrimp Stadium to like make that work, but uh, that's like that's far fetched. I don't think that's going to work. It seems like the two logical yeah. options are between Gainesville and Daytona, and I am rooting. So hard for Daytona, dude. Yeah, that would be so. I, no I love going down there. Well, Charlie, I also saw something. It would be a little bit more expensive to drag it out, but it was either finish it in two years and play in Daytona, or finish it in four to five years in Jacksonville, and you just work on it in the off season and make sure it's still playable um, come fall. Which I'm I'm fine with, but then again, I mean, I'm not signing the check, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've come to the right choice, but just the idea of uh, getting to drive down to Daytona playing with the, the boys. Swamp, yeah. I hate the idea of playing games. Oh, my God. Like, Please do not make me go to Ben Hill, As an NFL team outside of, like, a bizarre storm or circumstance ever played in a college stadium like that, I feel like you'd be embarrassing. Could you pick a worse college stadium in general? Maybe Georgia Tech no, would give a lot of their money. The swamp. the swamp is badass. I will it's terrible, that. dude. The college football games we went to. It's, I hate it. I mean, it's just an overall sad place. It's a bad place. No, I think it would just be a bad look to play in a fucking college stadium. Like, we're an NFL team. It's ridiculous. We already have. I mean, let's be honest. Our stadium already blows right now. I mean, this is desperately needed if we want to keep yeah. up with these other teams especially with the young team we have right now yeah i'm glad they're not falling for the dome thing um i like having the sunlight football is an outdoor sport it feels way more like sanitary when you play it in air conditioning as much as i like to talk about getting beat down in the month of september <laughs> by the sun i secretly i kind of like it i like just going out there and just you're just dealing with it. You're you're toughing it out for your team. Sweating my body so, weight and beer. Having uh having sh- uh shade will be nice. Having shade will be nice, but I don't want air conditioning in yeah. in Florida in the Jag Stadium. Dude, that's the thing. It's not like we're fucking in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like keep the roof off this thing. We're in yeah. sunny Florida. That's one of the appealing things about coming to play here. It's like the weather. So yeah, I'm with you. I did no see- roof. I mean, maybe some, yeah, some coverage would be nice, especially on the sunny side. What is it? I did see someone. Whatever side of the stadium that is. Yeah, I saw someone saying uh, not expanding the pools into a full-on lazy river around the upper deck was a missed opportunity. I did kind of like that. That'd be fun. Did you say they're reducing capacity, but they're also going to make it, or the plans, nothing signed on that, but um, to make it so it's easy to add capacity, say, whether it's a playoff game or Georgia-Florida or college football playoff or anything like that, they would easily be able to add anywhere from, like, 
ten to twenty thousand seats. Yeah. That's code for we're just gonna let more people into the bud zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna no, that, dude, just so the fire over like the pavilion area and stuff like that. Yeah. No, it'll be cool. And uh I mean it doesn't hurt my feelings if they scratch off a few seats. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be, like I said, if it's such a, if they do like they did at the battery for the Braves and just make it a really cool place to hang out outside the stadium, I think it won't be as big of a deal to get in as much. You know, people are going to want to hang out at the bar, eat wings. I mean, you if you can hear the stadium, it's it's going to be cool. It's going to be a tight joint. But like I said, there, that's a big if, you know, if the city of Jacksonville can, can dump money like Atlanta did to make it that cool, we'll see. It's going to be a long process, but, I mean, that is the future of sports marketing is oh, yeah. making your, your stadium and your team an attraction destination. And Jags haven't done a good job of it yet, and we have such prime real estate to do it, so hopefully they make the right choices. Yeah, for real. Let Trevor walk. Trade for Will Levis. Move to London. Have I watched what? Episode two? No, I haven't. Oh, damn good. You got um, Anton Harrison getting to town. Tank Bigsby. Um, just the Jags get you hype. It's, you probably saw the co- commercial for it. It's where Andrew Wingard's like, teams aren't going to be like, this is the Jaguars. Oh, the same old Jags you're going to on Jacksonville. No, this is the mother effing Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the episode of The Hunt with them going paintballing. Yeah, that's going to be good. I thought like, that man, was I great. I love Doug Peterson. I just... Love everything about this team. Life is good. It's I've true. never been so excited for professional football in my life. It's true. It's real excitement, too. It's not the, like, 2018 excitement where it all felt kind of fraudulent. You know, this is legit confidence yeah. behind this one. Um, For real. And you're – I want the hype. Like, you're talking about – like, I want the hype. Fucking come after us. We're Kings the FC oof. South. We better get used to it. Trevor's not going anywhere – I guess. We own I guess I'm the weak one. Uh, that would make sense, but uh, yeah, let's just uh, you know, it's a new experience for me. Got to take a deep breath, relax, chill. Talker's gonna talk. Let's just do the damn thing. But uh, like we, we got to, what is it? Less than a hundred days to the season kicking off. Probably should have had a daily. Yeah, you got FSU to distract you, Charlie, because there's oh. so much promise and excitement there. I'm so excited. Over, for... I mean, yeah, we got Hugh Freeze. But uh, I still say it's like the Jags were. We suck until we don't. So I'm just all in on the Jags. I mean, pretty much 98% of my football effort and focus is going into the Jags. Not all in just because there's oh, it's just such a good time to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Well, the, the scary thing for FSU is our is like <laughs> basically our whole season is September. We uh, <laughs> Miami uh, and LSU. No. Clemson, LSU? Uh, yeah, I was about to say. I think we it's we definitely we start with LSU in Orlando, uh, yeah, and then we play at Clemson on the twenty third. So like, if we come out of there, Mike Norvell is either going to be coach of the year candidate, give him a lifetime contract come October, or it's like get this bum out of here. He had a chance. <laughs> We're two and two. I don't know. And LSU. Damn, it was a close game last year, and I think they're a lot better this time around. They have to come to us, but I don't know, man. I hate Brian Kelly so much. That droopy the dog looking ass. Oh, oh. 
I hate Brian Kelly. Almost, he's he's about to enter my Vern Lundquist territory of just <laughs> despise. Vern might have redeemed himself. He is such a noob. Yeah, I never appreciated Vern Lundquist's golf coverage, so maybe maybe Vern can trade out for Brian Kelly. That <laughs> dork. Um, speaking of golf coverage, oh, that's policy though, Charlie. FSU might be able to lose either of those games and still make the college football playoff. Yeah, and we'd have they to win could out. Lose both and still win the ACC. I mean, beyond that, we play absolutely nobody. <laughs> We're at yeah, Florida exactly. this year. Oh no! <laughs> oh my gosh! NC State on the road. <laughs> Florida's going to mail in their season before that anyways. They're going to be out on the recruiting trail. They probably won't even show up. Yeah, but yeah. Virginia Cavaliers. Hey, don't you – don't joke. We got some whoppers on this schedule. Southern Miss, Boston College, <laughs> Syracuse. Syracuse, Jenkins. They're good now. Get used to Watch it. Watch out. They, 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 what was it – Two years ago, they beat y'all. Uh, yeah. No, they they were actually decent. They were decent last year, and we played Wake Forest too. I don't know. They're like it's like when Georgia Tech used to be terrible when Georgia was good, but for some reason Georgia Tech just had Georgia's number. I'm getting that vibe from Wake Forest last year, they just toyed with us. But <laughs> anyway, this is not an FSU football podcast, uh, and it's not a golf podcast either. But I wanted to, we got the U.S. Open this week. By the time Charlie's edited this and posted it, it's probably already started. But, um, yeah, I, I just want to take a gander at the odds board here. L.A. Country Club. I saw there's a 290-yard par 3, which is hilarious. Uh, could not take driver to that thing if I really wanted to. But, I don't know, what are you, what are you, you getting thought? I saw the, the TV coverage is going until 11 p.m., which is amazing. I love West Coast majors for that exact reason. Hayward and I uh, bonded over that back when they had the U.S. Open at Pebble. And Gary Woodland beat Brooks. Killed my Brooks outright. One of my many Brooks second place tickets I've, I've gotten in the collection. But uh, I do love a West Coast major. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's who I'd have to lead to right now is Brooks Gesture. The guy's got all the fucking momentum. Um, kind of a long shot, maybe Cam Smith. I just like Cam Smith. You guys got a good short game, so I feel like keeps them consistent. Yeah, I mean, we got everything, but I mean, you're the golf guy, Charlie. Let's hear your thoughts. Well, Hayward's like the Cam Smith whisperer. I almost dropped a line on him, um, just because I don't know what it is, but that dude's got an absolute bead on when Cam Smith's about to win something big. So I would, <laughs> I would ask him, "Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong." No. No, didn't he cash or what was it, the British Open he won last year? Whatever it was. Uh, yeah, the yeah the the Open Championship. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the odds here. I mean, Scotty Scheffler is the clear favorite. I think he was plus 750. Now I'm not even seeing him anywhere. It might be a 750 out there, but seven to one pretty much is what he's at now. I mean, this dude's tee to green though this year has legit been better than Peak Tiger. But he cannot putt worth a damn. I don't know what has been his issue on the greens. <laughs> but he's smoke. I mean, he's beating John Rahm by a stroke and a half per tournament in tee to green. It's insane, dude. But I don't know. I'd kill to be able to strike the ball like that guy. You got John Rahm, who I'm mostly decided I'm just going to bet the mortgage on. I mean, I'm going to wager an irresponsible. I got plenty really? of Masters money left over from what he did for me there. 
Dude loves California golf. I I just think this is going to set up for him beautifully. He's already he, he's won on a U.S. Open setup before. I don't know, man. I I also just have a man crush on John Rom and Brooks Kepka, and I can't bet them both. But I love watching John Rom play golf. You got Brooks coming in here. I'm still salty because I wanted to bet him at like eighty to one to win the Masters, and I couldn't get access to that number. But I don't know. I was really happy for him to win the PGA. I actually didn't have any action on it, I don't think, or, or I had very minimal exposure. But Brooks is that guy, man. I think we could all learn a life lesson from Brooks about, like, say what you will about the man, but he knows what's important in life. And it's not trying to impress a bunch of goofs, you know, a bunch of reporters and everything like everybody else is. He doesn't care what people think. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He just cares about being Brooks, man. Seems like he's living his best life. I don't know. I, I think, like I said, say what you will. I think there's something to be learned from from the way Brooks is just chilling all the time. Probably be a good frame of mind for a lot of us. Uh, Rory yeah, McIlroy. I mean, two hundred million with the exact same deal that every other PGA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true. He comes out looking like a genius. Him and Phil are just stunting on the tour. Hmm. Uh, and you got Roy McIlroy. Well, yeah, what's your take on that man. whole situation, Charlie? Just, I mean, bird's eye view. I mean, is it really going to shake everything up? It sounds like, I mean, we're just being drove by Saudi money now. America's oldest game. I don't think, I don't think the PGA is going to change much at all. I think the Saudis just wanted a, a seat at the table, and the PGA told them no, and they got, and they said, all right, we'll just squeeze the life out of you. They just sucked all the oxygen out of the room. PGA was losing money, and the the rumor was that John Rahm was was yeah, ready we'll just to go. You. That's what they were like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, you there could was, not keep up. Yeah. There was a rumor that John Rahm was ready to sign the papers and make the jump, and the PGA was already losing money hand over fist. So that just drove them to the negotiating table. They just knew they couldn't hang. But um, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if Victor Hovland won. McElroy dead to me. Can't lay. I don't know, man. I just can't stand watching that guy. He's not a good putter either. Um, Hovland, fresh off winning the Memorial. He, he's he got some great finishes. You know, he's got like three top tens in his last three or four tournaments. He could be good. Um, Xander Shoffley just always bridesmaid. I don't know. And then beyond that, I mean, you got your speed. <laughs> Justin Thomas being 50-1 to 1 is crazy, but I'm still not betting it. It almost feels like they know something. That's like a bait line. <laughs> um, Bryson at forty-five. Yeah, I would be all over that. That's a that's a bet I would make Wednesday night when I was like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot to put some money on somebody. Who should I take?" And I see that, and I'm just like, "Oh, oh yeah." And if Justin Thomas wins, I'm gonna be certified pissed off because it's like, damn, they really hung a fifty to one on Justin Thomas, and some, and I whiffed on that. You'll never see that again in your life if he hits this thing. <laughs> But he's been—he just hasn't been playing well. He's the same number as Ricky Fowler. That's crazy. Damn. And it Justin Rose, dude. Last top ten finish. Yeah. I mean, come on now. And the Ricky hype's out of control. I mean, I love Ricky, and I would—I would be so excited to see him win. But putting him at fifty to one is just like spitting in my face. It's like they know we're all crack addicts, and they just overcharge us for the crack now. I'm like, oh yeah. You want to bet Ricky? <laughs> Here's some here's some mid Ricky for you. Dark horse. Uh, yeah, I think we all love Ricky just from that 
a players championship. Oh yeah, dude, Ricky's sick. And like I said, I love the the arc of him being like legitimately like losing his tour card to battling back and being like legit player again. Just makes me happy to see. Um, Joaquin Neiman. That's the last name. Motocross. He's a. That's right. He's an engine head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Joaquin Neiman's the last name I'll drop. He's a hundred to one. I love my uh, I love my Chileans because Mito is right next to him. But Joaquin Neiman, he hits it long. He hits it low. I don't know, man. He's a guy. I mean, I, I put him up there with like there was a t- a time. R.I.P. You know, like Matthew Wolf. He's been gone for so long. It seems like, but everybody forgot about him. But it was a time. It was like Morikawa, Matt Wolf. Hovland and Joaquin Neiman. They were all like the young hotness on the tour. And two of those guys left for a live and have never been heard from again. But Joaquin Neiman is a sick golfer, dude. I mean, he is nasty. And he gets a ton of torque on a swing. He can sting the living bejesus out of it. But I don't know, man. Under the one, disrespectful. Yeah, like that I said. Tommy Charlie? That's right. Uh, but... Anyways, it, 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 that's the last one. Because you just described the next coming of Tiger Woods. <laughs> Dude, hate on it all you want. Honestly, I might go throw a few bucks on it just because now because you're, you're stunting on me and I'm putting it out there on the internet. I just think, I don't know, dude. I'll, I'll send you some clips, Jinx. I'll send you some clips. Uh, Joaquin Neiman is, is that dude. He, he is him, as the kids say. But that's all I got, man. You got anything else? We've been running long. Yeah, We're that's to... all I got, dude. Dude, and speaking of golf, um, Jekyll is the perfect place to play golf. Like I said, I mean, there's really nothing else to do other than go to the beach, drink beer, and hang out all day. Um, and the course is no shit. Five minutes from Avery's Beach House. It's I think like seventy bucks around, and there's like three courses at the same clubhouse. So it won't be busy. It won't be packed. If we play slow, it won't be a big deal. Um, yeah. Definitely playing golf. And I'm down to get everybody, everybody out there. Play. Honestly, if anybody is feeling a little lavish <laughs> and wants to splash out, I would be down to stay one night at Sea Island beforehand and get a round in. I can crush the numbers on that if anybody's actually interested, but uh, you can share a room with four dudes. And uh, you have to stay on property to get around a golf fan, but that is a sick golf course. And honestly, uh, once you split it four ways, it, it's a it's a pretty good time. Like I said, you can eat on property. It's it's not going to be cheap for for one night in around a golf, but uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd be willing to, to splash out. I think if if I could find three willing participants, we could all talk about it and see. But anyways, definitely excited to play in Jekyll. Yeah, like you said, twenty seven hole course. It's a uh, it's legit. It's and and we'll all be out there. You know, no, Chuck, I think they have no, dude. I think it's like seventy-two whole course. I think they have oh, wow. three courses of eighteen out there. That's how oh my god. Is. Yeah. Well, then yeah, we'll be Gucci. I think you're right. That makes more sense. But I was just hope it doesn't rain a lot. I know drainage is a little bit hey, of an issue out there. How are you going to get over to Sea Island since you're flying flying private into Jekyll? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm either going to fly private. scooping you on the way. Yeah, I'm going to fly private, or I'm going to show up in a air conditioning list truck with eight sets of golf clubs in the bag. Haven't decided. <laughs> All right, well, let me let you go, Jinx. It's getting late. Uh, we're running long. Uh, appreciate you coming out. We're going to do this again. 
I don't know, I don't have a set schedule, but there will be more more frequent Jude droppings uh, coming up as, as we get closer to the season, and, and looking forward to seeing you, man. Heck yeah, dude, excited for it. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Doom ball, I can't wait for the season. Doom ball. All right, man, I'll talk to you later.